0: Hello, and welcome to the Wharton FinTech Podcast. My name is Nikhil Srivastava, and today I'm talking with Gotham Sastry. Gotham is the founder and CEO of Isentium, and Isentium is a very exciting fintech startup based in New York City that is using Twitter to predict stock price. Gotham, thank you for joining us today, and welcome to the show.
1: It's my pleasure. Thank you very much for having me.
0: So today,
1: I hope to cover a few different topics. Definitely
0: want to spend some time on what Icentium does, uh, the technology behind the company and your business model. And definitely, I'd love to get your perspective on what's going on in fintech, especially in the data space. But to begin, um, maybe you can tell me a little bit about your background. I know you've been in the technology industry your whole life, uh, most recently as a serial entrepreneur uh, with some successful exits under your belt. So can you talk a little bit about your background and the path that brought you to start iSentient?
1: My background began when I was a research assistant at the University of Houston, working on seismic acoustics, which is basically using sound to find foreign objects such as oil uh, or Russian submarines, for that matter, this was in the 80s, got dragged into the submarine side of the equation doing signal processing, uh, left academia and worked on some big computers. Uh, looking for alien objects under the o- ocean, and quickly transitioned after that into the commercial business, uh, working for a Japanese computer company uh, looking for oil, uh, doing weather forecasts and uh, you know practical applications that we are exposed to on a daily basis uh, saw the end of Massive machines uh, could uh, see that compu- personal computers would be clustered together to solve big problems. So uh left in 1996 and started a company called Maximum Throughput. We built uh, big machines out of small, cheap boxes, sold that. Uh, Then started a company called Terrascale, which was all about cloud applications for analyzing text on a massive scale. Sold that to Silicon Graphics, or the company that's now called Silicon Graphics, uh, in 2006, became the chief operating officer. And... uh, Got bored after a while, retired and got into Icentium when I realized that uh, social media gave you open access to what people are thinking. Uh, And that was the beginning of time on this project in 2008. Great, so very exciting.
0: background in technology, particularly intersection of technology and business. So let's let's jump right into iSentium. Uh, what does is iSentium do? What is the, the core thesis uh, behind the business?
1: Well, uh, every business needs to have an opportunity and the simple view of why iSentium exists is A. There are galactic clouds of social content created every day. Uh, This is a real-time representation about the human state that's spontaneously translated by billions of people in real time. But systematic quantification has been rudimentary and largely unexploited. What I mean by unexploited is the fact that social platforms such as Facebook, Twitter, and Google don't know what this content means. And why don't they know what it means? It's because they make their money selling adverts and uh, not analytics. So we have a situation where you have galactic clouds of content, and exponential growth of content, which is largely unstructured, and nobody understands what it means. And my view is that text analysis is the key to unlocking value. Uh, What I mean by text analysis is allowing machines to read this stuff in a human-like way, and quantify it into something that's consumable by machines for profit. Uh, There's so much content, it's impossible to read, so we need machines. And what iCentium has done is systematically go about finding, quantifying, and transforming social content into useful things that make money.
0: Got it. And can you tell us a little bit about the technology that you use and the application? So uh, given there's explosion in social media data, how exactly do you uh, look to process it? And what are the applications
1: uh, that you can apply it to? Right. Uh, The most difficult application on the planet is trading the markets because you either win or lose, and it's brutal. Uh, There's no excuses to be made. You look at your profit and loss statement, and that's a measure of whether you got it right or wrong. Uh, We picked this because it's so visceral in nature, and what we do is ingest about a million uh, stock market related social media messages every day. These are authored by about 350,000 different market participants. And we process these at the rate of one every four one-thousandth of a second, and each message is scored from minus 100 to plus 100, we're correct 80% of the time versus the industry average of 60%. This is relevant because it's a huge crowd that's babbling away in short messages, and a 20% improvement in accuracy means that you're almost infinitely better at interpreting what the masses are saying, and if you turn that into trading results, uh, we're up 17% year-to-date versus uh, the S&P 500 being up about 3.5%. So that's what we do. We listen to everybody, and with some degree, with a very high degree of accuracy, figure out what they mean collectively, and then we act on that collective message. Got it. So, I definitely want to get into the the
0: trading results and proof in the pudding. Um, but you know, you use the term uh, "babbling away," and 350,000 uh, tweeters that you look at um i'm sure you've you've heard this skepticism before, but many of our listeners might be thinking is it is it actually possible to use Twitter for trading um in In my experience browsing through Twitter feeds, I would say that most people on Twitter are relatively unsophisticated, so how do you extract actually valuable data from those tweets?
1: It does not have to make sense. all you need is mass. Uh, The Arab Spring wasn't sensible. Uh, We only know that in retrospect. If you just look at Egypt, we've had uh, reversals of opinion, and it's just the momentum that matters, not the sense. So, I'm not suggesting that the masses are uh, sophisticated. I'm, in in fact, saying that sophistication is irrelevant as long as enough people sign on to a message. And, uh, you know, Italy has had over 20 governments uh, since the Second World War uh, I think it's almost close to 40, uh, one, uh, it's definitely 25 or more. People change their minds, they don't have to make sense. The nature of market action is that uh, it's driven by sentiment and there doesn't need to be a reason for people to change their mind. If everything was traded on logic, uh, the pundits would be making huge amounts of money. And I revert back to the fact that the average hedge fund is deep in the hole because for some reason the crowd didn't cooperate. All we're doing is measuring the crowd, not judging them. Got it.
0: So going back to the trading results, how do you, as iSentium, how do you make money through your clients? Um, how do you prove to people that, that you can make money using your data?
1: Well, uh, there's two ways we do it. One is by trading it ourselves on a modest scale. We made a decision not to be a trading entity, but rather be a provider of premium intelligence derived from social media to a select group of customers. So uh, the two-pronged approach has the following outcome. Uh, which took a long time to get to, by the way, in terms of business model. By trading it ourselves, uh, we've learned the consequence of getting it wrong and extrapolated it to what to be aware of. Uh, Nonetheless, we're trading a modest amount of our money. We've made 17% year-to-date. It is much easier to create a technology company that's sitting at the intersection of social media, big data, and analytics that has a billion-dollar valuation than it is to trade your way to a billion-dollar profit. So we vigorously stay on the side of being a technology company. In terms of why do people pay us? It's because we are very expensive and we provide a lot of value to a very small number of extremely smart and aggressive people that see the value in what we do. Uh, We are profitable and the reason is because we have a small number of customers that understand our value uh, our average revenue per user per month is over $40,000 uh, in an environment where people find it hard to make $20,000 a year in the same space uh, per customer. It's all about showing value and restricting supply. So speaking of
0: that the B2B model, Um, A problem that many fintech startups are facing is how to go after Wall Street, how to deal with the big players. And for many outsiders, um, it's a landscape that can be very opaque, uh, large institutions, slow sales cycles, uh, possibly some conflicting interests. So when you were getting started, how did you break into Wall Street? How did you get the hedge
1: funds to sign up? we are in, we live in an environment of failure and fear everybody is losing money because they get it wrong so for a fintech startup to be relevant uh, they need to provide intelligence that is immediately actionable which is the house is on fire how do i put it out right now uh, a lot of people in this space have Sort of esoteric ideas that are not immediately actionable and when people are when your customer base is scared because they're losing money uh, they don't have time to engage in intellectual pursuits especially when there's information being fed in from unknown sources so it has to be digestible and this is a packaging thing I made every single mistake imaginable, uh, and I think the biggest mistake that I made was to price it too low. I'd rather price it ultra high and then prove the point to five people than price it too low and have nobody listen to me. And The point of a premium product is that every single detail has to be perfect. And that elevates the quality of the whole corporation in terms of the team who's willing to put up with that level of obsession, uh, who's willing to put on uh, the hours required to eviscerate every possible thing that could fail. Uh, You know, if you want to get into fintech, nobody cares about data they want actionable information and find two guys that you can win and charge them as much money as possible and then scale out from there that's uh, that's what great I, uh, that's advice that's what I yeah that's I've lived through it for the over the past 5 years
0: that's that's great advice for uh people looking to enter fintech and also luxury, luxury service providers. I have uh, one question kind of ties together your background with Isentia, and that's this. So given your background in the technology w- world, you talked about big data, you talked about big data applications at the beginning of your career. Now having come into the fintech world, To what extent do you think the big financial institutions are embracing new technologies and how much
1: opportunity is left for um fintech startups i think there's a huge amount of opportunity Uh, i read a an article recently entitled the history of the corporation 19 sorry uh, 1650 to 2050 and if you actually look at what's happening to the behemoths, they are in a state of disequilibrium and uh, subject to overregulation, regulation unable to move. And I think it's the perfect cauldron of opportunity for agile, smart people to uh, provide value to this ecosystem. You know, by my estimation, three mid-range managers' salary could fund a whole agile startup for a year. Uh, And the new insight into this galactic cloud of content that waits to be deciphered will come from agile startups and smart young guys, uh, not from the monolithic institutions that are afraid to move because of the regulatory weight that they've brought upon themselves. So uh, start with a great deal of focus, solve a specific problem, charge a lot of money for it, and find a couple of customers, build your confidence, and scale it out. Use a sniper approach. Don't go out with a shotgun. So that also answers uh, the question
0: that I was going to finish with, which is, uh, we are a, a student-run organization, and many of our podcast listeners are students. So that's that's great advice for students looking to enter fintech or start their own businesses. Uh, do you have any any other advice for students in particular starting their careers? And including is Isentium hiring? Or are you looking to add uh, add MBAs, add undergraduates? If you love
1: data and are willing to be Uh, subjected to uh, a very high standard of deliverables, give me a call. We are at the very beginning of an extraordinarily steep uh, steep opportunity curve. Well, we'll be sure to uh, put
0: contact information for Isentium out, uh, out on our blog and on Twitter for listeners. So we are... Uh, we are just about out of time. Uh, Gotham, it was uh, great to have you joining us today. Thank you for um, for speaking with Wharton Fintech Podcast. And best of luck with Isentium.
1: Thank you very much. And we're always hungry for smart young people.
0: Great. And to our listeners, thanks for joining us. This has been the Wharton Fintech Podcast. You can find out more about us as well as Gotham and Isentium on our blog and our Twitter feed. Gotham, thank you and take care.
1: You too. Bye for now.